friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples and this is our Easter episode and I am f- uh, recording this from uh, the Garden Tomb in Jerusalem. Now there are two locations that Christians uh, like to go uh, in the thought that they may be the locations of Jesus' death and resurrection and you've got the Church of the Holy Sepulchre uh, which is believed to be uh, the location of Jesus' tomb uh, of Golgotha uh, and the garden going back about 1600 years and then you've got a more modern location that was found only in the last hundred years and it's a location that's often called the Gordon's tomb uh, because he was the archaeologist that found it but just outside the Damascus gate big gateway into the city of Jerusalem, just outside the Damascus Gate. Uh, imagine you're, you're kind of stood at this big gateway behind you. If you were to look up just to the right uh, and look upwards, you would uh, have seen a big rock hill um, foundation. Uh, and in that rock, um, you can see that there is the face of a skull in there, two eye sockets and a nose. And then just to the left of that, you have a uh, unused tomb, uh, empty tomb, no bodies in the tomb, and uh, it fits the archaeological uh, location, but more so it feel, fits the feel of what the garden tomb uh, looks like. So I am sat today uh, in the garden uh, looking at this garden tomb, this empty tomb uh, that is this other location uh, that to be honest I prefer between the two it feels right to me and as I sit here I can imagine uh, Jesus coming through the doorway in front of me that goes into the tomb it it feels right the garden is beautiful Uh, it's a place where uh, olive trees are growing Uh, there's a a wine press here where grapes at some point have been grown it feels like a beautiful garden And it's from this location that today I want to bring uh, this Easter podcast from this resurrection garden. So friends, uh, welcome to Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I hope you enjoy this episode today recorded here in the Holy Land uh, by the tomb that we believe and think is a possible location of Jesus's resurrection. So friends, welcome to Making Disciples. I wanted to do is just walk through a couple of passages and ask ourselves what is the link so this first passage is in Matthew chapter 8 where it says this while Jesus was saying or teaching his teachings or saying this a synagogue leader came out and knelt before him and said my daughter has just died but come and put your hand on her side and she'll be alive Jesus got up and went with him Uh, so did the disciples. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd, the people praying, he said, go away! The girl is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. After the crowd uh, had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. That's Matthew 8. About this, John 11. 
Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone uh, rolled across the entrance. Take away the stone, Jesus said. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. So that's John 11, Lazarus coming out of the tomb. What about this, Luke 7? Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of this mother. And she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart goes out to her and says, Do not cry. Then he got up, touched the dead body uh, as they were carrying him, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. Jesus gave him back to his mother. That's Luke 7. Matthew 27. Let's read this one. And then Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn into two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy dead people were raised to life. So that's a crazy moment at Jesus' own crucifixion. Matthew 28 says this, The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified, yet he is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. So what is the link between these readings? Matthew 8, the little girl uh, rising from the dead. She's not dead but asleep. Then you've got Lazarus being called out the tomb, being told to unwrap his body. Then you've got the young man who's being carried out for his burial and Jesus then uh, reaches out, touches him, and the young man comes back to life. Then you've got Matthew 27, where we're told during Jesus' own crucifixion, tombs split open and holy people uh, were raised to life. Then you've got this Matthew 28, uh, where we've been told that Jesus is risen from the dead. What is the link? The link, friends, is this. Jesus is a nightmare. Jesus is a funeral director's nightmare. Jesus interrupts funerals. I often think what fun it would be if we got to follow Jesus into a hospital. Uh, more than that, what would happen if we got to follow Jesus into the morgue in a hospital? What fun Jesus would have, but he's a nightmare for funeral directors. Imagine a funeral director He's got the body in the back and he's driving towards the burial site where there's going to be the burial of this body. It's all been prepared. The family are ready. They're all wearing the clothes. They're all smartly dressed. They're all grieving. The funeral director's in control. He knows what's doing. And then Rabbi Jesus appears. Rabbi Jesus stops uh, the funeral in its tracks, goes up, touches the coffin, and suddenly the dead person comes out. Jesus is a funeral director's nightmare because Jesus, now Jesus says no funerals today. No funerals today. Jesus is 
uh, the God of resurrection. He's the one that takes dead things and breathes life into them. Jesus does not accept that death is the end of the story. Rabbi Jesus does not believe that death is it. In fact, Rabbi Jesus believes that there is more to come and there is great possibility. So where Jesus sees a funeral, he says, not on my watch, not today, no funerals today. Jesus sees a young girl who's just died in bed. Jesus says, she's not dead, she's only asleep. Jesus sees things through a different framework to us. We see uh, birth, we see midlife crisis, and we see death, and then death is it. For Rabbi Jesus, he sees death not as a full stop, but as a comma. It's, it's the something else that's gonna come. Let me just read to you, this is just a, a reminder from Ezekiel 37. It's the valley of uh, the dead bones, or the valley of the dry bones that come to life with the resurrection spirit. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me by the spirit of the Lord to the middle of a valley. It was full of bones, dead bones. He laid me back and led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, valley bones that were dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you only know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make a breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. We've talked before on making disciples that Jesus does not need to say, I am God, because of what he does. Jesus' actions tell us who he is. So Jesus doesn't need to say, my name is Jesus and I am God. What Jesus does is, in his very actions, he's proclaiming who he is. And there's this prophecy from Ezekiel 37 with this valley of dry bones, valley of dead bones. Uh, these are bones that have got nothing left on them. And we're told here, uh, then we will know that I am the Lord. We will know the Lord is who the Lord is, in other words, when we see dead things coming to life. The only one that can take death and bring life is God himself. And the prophecy of Ezekiel 37 is, where you see resurrection, where you see dead things coming to life, then, ha then you're seeing God at work. So Jesus doesn't need to say with his mouth who he is because people can see in it with his actions who he is. He is the one who says to little girls, wake up. He is the one who says to dead men in tombs, get up. He is the one who says to the funeral that's acting out right now in front of him, stop, no funerals today. And when he does this, Jesus is showing us who he is. He is the God of resurrection. Jesus interrupts our death penalty. We're on death row and Jesus interrupts it. Each of us, friends, is on death row. Our behavior, our actions, the old school word for all of that is sin. The stuff that we have done that has damaged our relationship with God, the brokenness in our lives. All of this places 
places us on death row. There's a cost to our behavior and the cost to our behavior puts us in debt and that debt is to death itself. We are on death row. But yet Jesus, <laughs> he has another plan. You can hear these stories, these stories of resurrection and you can say, well, I'm gonna place those stories in a box and that box is gonna be titled, The Box Happened. You can hear the stories of this girl, you can hear the stories uh, of uh, young men during their funeral uh, coming back to life. You can hear these stories and say, well, they, they happened, but they don't happen. And friends, I wanna say, no, not at all. Uh, these stories don't just, uh, didn't just happen, they, they happen still today. When we think of our faith in terms of what has happened, we engage with it as if it's a story. Uh, and it's dangerous uh, for us to do this. Uh, if we see the God story as nothing but a story, then we'll behave as if it's a myth. But when we engage with it as something that happens, we have hope and we can change our perspective and we can look at things differently. If we believe the resurrection happened, then we'll approach it as a story. But if we see it as something that happens, then we might see things differently. Friends, I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the resurrection because I've heard too many strange stories. And there's one story that comes out of Spring Harvest itself that many years ago there was a lady that was actually dying and she uh, had come to Spring Harvest uh, as, as her last, uh, last holiday really and one of the team kept in contact with her uh, but they ended up praying with her the very night that she was dying and this lady had passed away and the team had continued praying for her uh, after she died and a little while later, while praying for her, she comes back to life. And this, this lady, I don't want to give her her name on the podcast, but here we have a lady who experienced the resurrection life of Jesus. She went from um, having cancer to being free from cancer. She went from being dead to being alive. And now she's involved, passionately involved at her local church because Jesus has done something in her. So she now wants to serve Jesus because she knows who he really is. We make our faith so often about being a good person. I'm a good person. I have good morals. I behave myself. I don't do what those other people do. We, we behave as if faith is about morals. And it's not. Faith is not about being good. It is not about being good and it is not about being bad. It is about being dead. The Christian faith is about people who are dead who are coming back to life again dead to our own behaviors our doubts our fears our pride our anger dead to the sin and relationship that we have with god makes us dead and the gospel is a gospel of dead people coming back to life i'm sat in the easter garden right now looking at this empty tomb and this empty tomb reminds me that my faith is about dead things coming to life dead things coming to life like King Jesus the tomb is empty he has risen this is what our faith is about the Christian faith is about dead people coming to life and when you come to faith and you come to know who Jesus is what you start to realize 
is that Jesus is bringing you new life and renewed life. It's not just about you becoming a nice person. In fact, it's not about that at all. It is about you coming to life and life in its fullest. We ask the question, am I a good person? It's not about being a good person. The question is, am I a dead person? Am I dead to sin? And are we dead to ourselves? I just want to tell you a story. Uh, a little while ago, uh, walking, and as I'm walking along, I've got my head up, I'm looking at where I'm going, and I end up stepping straight into this, this dog poo. And I've got this dog poo on my shoe. And he absolutely stunk of death. And there is this smell of death in our thinking, in our hearts, and our actions. We are surrounded by the stench of death like I did when I stepped in that dog poo. What's dead to you? What smells of death to you? What do you need uh, to see resurrection in your life? Where is the dead thinking? Where's that thinking that says I am no good? Um, where is that thinking that thinks that people are looking at you funny when they actually didn't? Uh, sometimes it's our dead thinking. Sometimes it's our dead hearts. They hurt me. I will hurt them. I will never love again. We can have dead hands. This is mine and mine alone. I'll not give it away. I will not share it. I'll protect what I have. And all of this stench of death rots us. We are dead bones. The Christian faith, this tomb that I'm looking at right now, is a story of a God that says death is not welcome. No funerals today. The tomb is empty. This is what is at the heart of the Christian faith. Not good morals, not being a nice person, not being kind. All those things are great. God is wanting justice, but at the heart of the Christian faith is death coming to life death in your life death in my life death in our death in our neighbor's life death in our neighborhoods death globally coming to life this is what the christian faith is about so i want to end this podcast with this short thought this very quick thought remember the story of lazarus lazarus comes out of the tomb doesn't he jesus calls him out of the tomb lazarus comes out the dead man came out his hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and cloth was over his face, we are told. Lazarus is coming out the tomb. He's now alive, but Lazarus is still wrapped in grave clothes. Friends, it is possible for us to be like Lazarus. Jesus is calling us to life and we're coming to life, but we are still wearing the old grave clothes of when we were dead. Get that? Drop the mic get this thought for a moment it is possible to be physically alive but yet still wrapped in our grave clothes it is possible for you and I to believe in Jesus to know Jesus to know Jesus death and Jesus's resurrection to to know that Jesus is calling us to life and life in all its fullness and life in all its forms but yet we are still wearing our drape, uh, um, grave clothes we're still wearing the clothes with the stench of death we've not changed our lives enough yet to walk in the fullness of what it means to walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ we're still wrapped in the clothes that bind us we're not walking in all that God has for us because we are still wrapped Lazarus had to take off his grave clothes friends you and I need to take off the grave clothes 
the clothes of death and we need to turn away from them and we need to walk in the opposite direction. We can believe in Jesus but not allow Jesus to transform everything about our lives. So we live with this uh, strange view that we are still on our own. We live with this strange view that we can't do all that we really can do. We have this strange view that still things aren't as possible as Jesus claims them to be. We need to take off the grave clothes so we can walk in the fullness of what the Christian faith, what Jesus is offering us. We, it's very probable that me, you and others, we're not walking in the fullness of what God has for us because we are still wearing grave clothes don't even realize we have grave clothes on our minds grave clothes on our hearts grave clothes on our hands that are stopping us from walking in the fullness of what is here when jesus walked out of that tomb two thousand years ago it says that he neatly tidied his grave clothes and piled them up jesus didn't need his grave clothes anymore he had a new set of resurrection clothes and he leaves them in the tomb to be found by the disciples been found by Mary. He leaves those old things behind because he's walking in something new. Friends, we need to take off our grave clothes. We need to leave them behind and walk in all of what God has for us. So Lord, uh, friends, I would love you to think about that. What grave clothes do you need to take off today? So friends, here I am in this Easter garden, this beautiful garden with the birds tweeting in the backgrounds it's a place of peace it's a place of tranquility it's a place of life it's a place where the tomb is empty if you ever get to come to Israel come here to the garden tomb sit here and just appreciate something of the beauty of this place this historical uh, location uh, for me it is the it feels right it feels like it is the place there's debate if it is if it's somewhere else but friends it's how it feels that's really important you could even google it um gordon's tomb jerusalem it's it's nothing more than a 90 second two minute walk from the damascus gate right here still existing in jerusalem today so friends i hope you found this podcast recorded here from the holy land helpful i hope you found it inspiring and i hope it's left you challenged as you think about taking off your own grave clothes friends until next time grace and peace